Hi guys, hope you're all doing well. Thank you very much for joining me on Coastal Catch-Ups. Um, today, or this evening, I'm in my apartment and I am chatting to Paul Stewart, who is the Centre Manager of Castle Espy. Uh, Castle Espy is a site uh, of the Wildfowl and Wetlands Trust, um, the only site in Northern Ireland. Um, and their role is to conser conserve wetlands and protect them. Um, and as Paul mentions in our chat, to actually inspire the next generation of uh, future environmentalists, conservationists, uh, natural scientists, you name it. So uh, I am excited for you to hear the chat and I hope you enjoy. Um, some of the things we talk about we cover um, nature's role in helping the mental health crisis with an increasingly urbanised world um, where people go to get a bit of respite and switch off. Um, we also talk about all the activities ongoing at Castle Lesby to fulfil their, their mission to inspire the future generation. So um, there's loads going on which you can hear Paul talk about. So. Yeah, I hope you enjoy and I'll catch you soon. Paul, thank you very much for coming on the Coastal Catch-Ups. Um, I'll let you explain your background and what you're doing now, uh, but I just want to say I'm very excited to have you on. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, just to start off, could you tell us a bit about yourself, your background and what you're up to now? Sure. Um, thanks for asking me, Sam. Um, interesting project you're doing. Um, my background, originally, originally it was horticulture. So I studied um, gardening and I worked in Belfast City Council for 20 years, including Botanic Gardens, Ormo Park, different places. But the work I was doing there, it began to diversify a bit in the, the 90s um, into sort of more managing for nature conservation. So wild flower meadows and parks and, and planting up forest of Belfast, stuff like that. I worked in Lag and Meadows Nature Reserve for a while. So it drifted more into that. Um, um, and then I left the council. I was with the National Trust for 13 years and I'd done a bit of both formal um, horticulture and managing for biodiversity in Castle Ward and other places. Um, and then in 2019, I came to Castle Espy, the Wild Final Wetlands Trust at Castle Espy. Um, so that's my journey, condensed version. To how I got here. I arrived here just in time for lockdown, actually, because I was here six months and we went into lockdown. But um, and that was an experience in itself because um we were here um we still had to run the center, you know, we had all the the infrastructure to look after in the building. So there were still some people here, and I was lucky enough to not be furloughed and, and to be kept on doing that. And really the peace. Of this place it's unbelievable um i used to go out for walks 
and the, we had black-headed gulls that were nesting everywhere because there was no people about. Um, so they were nesting on the roof. Um, they were they were chasing you away when you went out onto the reserve because they'd reclaimed it totally for themselves. I went out into our um, apple orchard here, which we maintain also as wildflower meadow, and clouds of butterflies just coming off it. You know, I think it was one thing that came out of lockdown. I think a lot of people noticed nature more, um, and how important it is. So that's that's my journey and how I got here. Very good. That's a good point actually about um, Castle SB. Uh, I'll get you. Sorry, I'll get you to explain a bit about Castle SB. But just before that, um. Yeah, the show had to go on at Castle SB to manage the site. Um, and it's interesting you saying about the lack of humans walking about the site, how the changes came about. Yeah. Um, but if you don't mind, Paul, so you're now at Castle SB managing the site. For anyone who doesn't know where that is or the type of site it is, um, could you give them a brief flavour of, of what's going on there? Sure. Um, we're situated on the north end of Strangford Lock. Um, and we're we're managed by the Wildfowl and Wetlands Trust, and it's a it's a global wetlands charity. So we operate we operate all around the world. We have ten wetland centres in the UK, but um, we have projects in Africa, Asia, and elsewhere, looking after um, wetlands and important migratory flyways. So this Castle Esby is the only nature reserve we have in Northern Ireland, and if you're going to have in one place. You know, you have a wetland reserve on Strangford Lock. Strangford Lock has all the designations, as you know. Um, it's Ramsar sites, a nature reserve, special scientific interest, and so on. Um, so that's the ideal place to have one. And how we actually got here originally, the WWT took over the managing of this site in 1989. Um, it was started by the Mackey family originally, um, well known in Belfast, of course, for Mackey's engineering. And they were friends of Peter Scott. Peter Scott uh, formed the Wetlands Trust, Wildfowl and Wetlands Trust in the 1940s. Um, they started, the Mackey started this and after about 10 years, they handed it over to their friend Peter and his charity. Um, and that's how we got to be here. An interesting thing about Peter Scott as well, he's actually the son of Captain Scott of the Antarctic. And um, when Captain Scott was in the Antarctic and he knew he knew he wasn't going to make it, he wrote a long letter back to his wife. And one of the things he said in is, make sure you bring up the boy interested in nature. And sure, he went on to, to find a, a conservation charity. So that's a bit about the uh, Wildfowl and Wetlands Trust. Um, so, yeah, we have a nature reserve here on, on the north end of the lock. Um, and as well as looking after the, the natural habitat, we also have a collection of, of birds which we breed from, and some of these are rare and endangered. So there's there's serious conservation work going on, even in the collection area. And Strangford Lock, um, like you say, it has all the designations. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was writing an article and I was comparing, um, in this case, it was marine conservation zones, and I was looking at habitats, and then it came to Strangford Lock, and I had one paragraph for Strangford Lock, and I was like, hmm. That's not going to cut it. Um, so yeah, um, hundred percent. There's a lot going on there, but in terms of the wetlands and uh, the wildfowl, the bird species coming into Strangford, what is of particular interest? Is there any species that stand out to you? 
Well, the Brent geese is the is the big one. Um, uh, they like light bellied Brent geese come from Canada every year to Strangford Lock. So that's eighty five percent of planet Earth's light bellied Brent geese coming to Northern Ireland is pretty pretty impressive. Um, so that's the main one. That's the signature one, and we have our Brent event or um, Brent Goose Festival, whatever you want to call it, um, um, every year. And this year it's in first weekend of October. Um, so that'll, that'll be good. That's 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 one of the unique things about Castle Lesbos is that they come here and they come here for, for the eelgrass. Um, the, the reserve itself um, is a mosaic of wetland habitats and with lots of different bird species there and lots of interesting um, flora as well. We've got seasonally flooded lagoons, we've got brackish water, salt water, freshwater lagoons, different types of habitat. Um, so there's lots of interesting things going on. And um, all of the water bodies here, all of these lagoons are actually old quarries. So there was here, Castle Espy sits on a small outcrop of pink limestone. And that attracted people right from way back. Um, up in, during the Victorian era, they, they, they quarried this. And they turned the clay that capped the ground was was made into bricks and pottery. We had a brickworks here, and the lime itself was quarried for building material or also crushed for agricultural lime. So you had all this heavy industry here at Castle Espy, and now nature has completely subsumed it and has become a rich um, patchwork of different wetland habitats. And one of the things about wetland habitats that um, we're, we're learning about is that they actually store more carbon uh, per square meter than, than forests do. So that's how important they are um, as carbon sinks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a, that the idea of blue carbon is definitely being um, thrown about, and it's actually nice to hear about a site in Northern Ireland that people could, if if they're not sure, they could actually go and have a look. And I'm sure they could find more information out when they get to yeah. Castle Um, But it, you said there's a lot going on at Castle Espy between the different habitats. And I imagine there's a lot to manage, Paul. So how do you, how do you cope? <laughs> there's a lot to manage and it's all very diverse, you know, I mean, we're, we've got our building to maintain, we've got our grounds to maintain, not just the reserve, the actual grounds amenity. Um, we've got um, our shop and our calf. It's a great calf, homebred products in there. So you have to be sort of a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just to run the whole show, it isn't just about knowing about one thing. You've got to, you've got to spread yourself over different specialisms. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, very good. Um, and just to touch on, you mentioned about Peter Scott and his, I suppose his legacy. Um, I actually when I was reading on the website, I found a quote which I actually really liked. And it, the idea, the quote was about sustainability, and he said, sooner or later, my mankind will become much more widely concerned with optimum rather than maximum, quality rather than quantity. So he's at an early years ago he was already on the the sustainability yeah. train, as it were. Um in terms of managing the site sustainably, um, is there any methods you use or any 
or I suppose any challenges um, you come up against when you're trying to manage the site sustainably? Yeah, um, one of the challenges is sometimes the cheapest way isn't the most sustainable way. We are, we are a charity mm-hmm. and we need to watch the pennies. But yeah. even so, um, this organisation are very, very committed to sustainability and ethical procurement. Mm-hmm. Um, fair trade, even the coffee we sell, you know, um, everything um, has to have good ethical credentials. But from a, a sustainability point of view, the building itself, it's a modern building, but um, it's sustainably sourced timber. Um, it's designed in such a way to maximize light, but reduce heat glare. So you don't get you know a greenhouse effect. We have solar power here. Um, um, we've got um, wind power. Um, we've also installed um, electric car chargers just last week so everything we do is to minimize our carbon footprint even 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 the the products that we sell in the shop um there there are certain i don't know if i can mention brand names but there are certain um certainly some very well-known carbonated drinks that we don't sell anymore okay (laughs) (laughs) don't want some big companies coming after me paul (laughs) (laughs) Uh, very good. Um, and then I also was reading about the likes of you have a new system in. I actually saw it the last time I was walking around the site for wastewater. Uh, it, it's a reed bed system. And, That's and right. You, there's obviously investments coming. You, you're implementing investments like that, which is good to see as well. Yeah, we've got a reed bed filtration system for wastewater. So we harvest the, the water from the roof and all that rainwater is used to flush the toilets, for example. So you minimize your use of mains water. Um, and then the wastewater goes through a reed bed filtration system. And all the, the reeds and flag arises and things that are growing in there, the micro flora and fauna in, in the soil that filters out um, the nitrates and the poisons. Very good. Yeah, no, it's great to see. And um, it's it's interesting because I know the likes of... Uh, bigger water companies and stuff are implementing that practice on a larger scale or trying to anyway in projects so um it's really interesting system and how uh we can work with nature and the processes and try absolutely we're gonna have to yeah yeah um as civilization really depends on a stable environment Mm -hmm. and you upset that balance at your peril really um so all these things are going to become necessary Mm-hmm. for society to do things sustainably so wetlands paul we understand that they're important for blue carbon what threats actually exist to these wetland sites how can they um how can human activity and um human development impact these sites the the wetlands can really benefit human development in many ways they can filter out heavy metals and all sorts of pollutants that you might get from runoff Uh, but of course they have a limit um before you would start to poison that habitat the main threat is probably through draining draining them for agriculture um development um so they're they're worth protecting and and understanding and we have done some um research and measured the amount of carbon that they can actually store and it's quite staggering so these are very, very useful repositories for carbon. Mm-hmm. I like the way I asked the question about threats and you came back 
saying the ecosystem services they provide, which I really appreciate and like. Um, I like that um, framing that because it's exactly right because um, it's it's making people aware of these habitats that um, they do provide a service to us. And um, just... You know, it's um, some people might not like the word, maybe not particularly keen on a service that has a I don't know, it sounds like a sort of transactional thing, but yeah, true. But but whatever, whatever, you know, um you can you can approach it on different levels. Mm -hmm. Um and they're important mm -hmm. um for us as a species from a very selfish point of view, if you wish, that's fine. Um, but and they're important, they have intrinsic value of their own, and people will approach it in different ways. Mm -hmm. But either either way, we need them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm trying to think of another word for service quickly, Paul, but I can't. Uh, the ecosystem services—that's good. We'll go with that. <laughs> Nature-based solutions. So, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the you mentioned at the start, you arrived at Castle SB uh, just before lockdown. Everyone was cooped up, and then after lockdown was lifted, did you experience a surge in visitor levels? After. Well, lockdown was eased rather than lifted, so there was limitations and numbers and things coming right. through. So, um, we didn't see a surge, but then that's because we didn't we managed it in a way that there wouldn't be. Uh, very um, good. Well, yep. yeah, there's there's definitely a growing interest and in understanding of nature and the importance of nature, even just for your mental health. And we um we've done some research with um a mental health charity around being close to water mm -hmm. and the positive effects of that can have on you just being around water and people are drawn to water and um, so yeah there's something interesting going on yeah I, I totally agree I probably I've grown up around the water all my life and I probably was ignorant of or I never even thought why 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 did I enjoy it so much and it was only when I maybe sat down and had a, a think why um and I suppose my last episode there I was talking to a gentleman John Gilmore and he, he kind of said pe people like playing golf you know but I just like being at the water there's something about it and I think it's the the fresh air and just the ability to switch off whatever you're doing whether it's walking uh, taking photographs if you're at the coast and there's just something about it that um and the physical exercise as well you're, you're probably doing as well so um, I think, yeah, you're right. People did appreciate that after lockdown. And the mental health side of it is also true because everyone, I'd say, I don't know the, the stat or the figure, but most people are living in cities and, and towns now, uh, surrounded by concrete. And I think people are maybe starting to, maybe I'm just following a certain type of people on social media, but people are starting to realize that it's, it's not natural and you, there is a connection to nature out there that is good for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's um, interesting. We have here, we have here um, for the next couple of months, we've installed um, poetry jukebox. Um, right. So it's a curation of um, eco poetry, including um, Seamus Heaney's Blackberry Picking. Uh -huh. And... Um, things shaped like a gramophone almost and it's, you don't put money on it you just press, pick whatever poem you want and this is overlooking the lock um, so we have a wonderful view over, over the lock from the Lion Kiln Observatory 
and people can listen to this poetry and 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 reconnect with nature and and listen to it being articulated in words because people have become very disconnected from it um so that that's um, a nice project that we've um, just launched quite recently in connection with um, a company called Quotidian uh, and Queen's University so yeah yeah there's there's definitely a lack of connection and with that probably lack of appreciation of the importance of nature so we provide a place for people to come and reconnect with that I suppose Paul as well I imagine your site has volunteering opportunities for people if they did want to get involved is that is that right yeah we're we're reliant on volunteers um there's volunteering opportunities in probably every aspect of the the business from admissions to um, catering um working with uh, the birds working in reserve working in crowns just about just about anything that people want to give us a hand with and mm -hmm. if you, if say if you did want to get involved, how how would you go about it? Would you go onto the website or go on the website? There's an info at um link there that you can just click and, and express your interest. And I suppose there's a uh feel good factor with volunteering as well. Um, I'm I did go through a phase of volunteering, but maybe when I went into the big bad world of work, I've fall it's fallen to the wayside. But there's definitely a feel good factor of volunteering. There is. There's, there's good, it's a good opportunity um, to develop a CV for, for some people as well. Yeah, that's true, especially aspiring. Environmental jobs, I think, got a bad rep. I remember when I finished my studies, it was almost like, so you're going to be a teacher then, you know, uh, there's not much out there, but I completely disagree with that strongly. And uh, I think volunteering if you're say you are a student and you're just looking to build up the CV and get some relevant experience in an environmental or conservation, whatever it is, I think it's a, it's a really good way to do it. Um, so there's lo loads of volunteering opportunities at Castle Espy, Paul, as well as that, um, I wanted to ask you about it's summer holidays, inspiring the next generation of, nature enthusiasts, uh, conservationists. What role does Castle Espy play in that? Well, yeah, that's that's a big part of what we do. Um, when you said to me earlier that you used to come here as a kid, and, you know, that's that's when you get people interested, and that's where it starts. Um, we have people who have worked here who came here as children themselves, and the hand-feeding um, is one thing if you hand feed a bird that hand to big contact and it arises an interest in a child um, and then there's a whole story behind those birds we've got um, Hawaiian geese here for example um, you could find out more about them and you realize that at one point there's only 20 left in the world um, but the WWT through a breeding program have been able to reintroduce them so yeah the, bringing on the next generation is is a big part of what we do and maybe we played a role in your development sam um maybe <laughs> um funny yeah because i remember i remember my granny taking me uh it was kind of after school uh what do we do if what do we do with sam and my brother and uh bring him around and i, rem I remember 
the you're talking about the ham, the beak. I remember it so vividly doing it. You get your wee packet. I don't know if you still do it in the paper bags. Um, We're uh, not doing it at the moment, but yeah, yeah. Um, and and then later on, I remember school trip. Uh, we went. I went to Clinchy Primary just um up the road. And I remember my friend getting chased by a swan, and he's now scared of swans, so maybe it works <laughs> both ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think I think it's uh it's great to see. Um, and is there any particular activities um ongoing? Yeah, we have loads of stuff going on at the moment. Um, we have well, the poetry jukebox is one that I mentioned to you, but we have a a a, a an event activity called Drawn to Water. And it actually, um, it's a play on words. We're featuring the work of uh, Quentin Blake, who was the illustrator for the Roald Dahl books, amongst other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a trail, a Castle Espy trail, and you can see, see the world through the eyes of Quentin Blake. Um, he said he had real trouble keeping birds out of his drawings. They seemed to pop up all the time in his drawings. Right enough, if you look over Roald Dahl books, you'll see birds and frogs all over the place. Um, so we have that at the moment, and we have a Quentin Blake ex- exhibition coming in October. So we'll have some of his work on display in the gallery. Um, of course, we do have an art gallery here. So every month we feature a different, usually a local artist. The Quentin Blake one will be the exception to that. Um, usually the, the art will focus on nature in some way, not exclusively, but... Um, and the reason for that is Peter Scott, he himself, he was an artist. Um, so, yeah, um, we have pond dipping activities. We have craft activities for kids as well. Um, so, yeah, there's lots there's lots going on. Brilliant, brilliant. Kind of, I wish I was a kid again, to be honest. <laughs> um, and I, I didn't realise that about the, the art gallery as well, local artists. It's yep. good to see it engaging with the local community i suppose which is definitely important for your site that's it yeah no it's a great it's a it's a lovely little space this is a modern building as you know but there is an old victorian building that's been seamlessly joined onto it and the art gallery is in the old building um, and it's a really nice spot very good we've got we've got, we've got a garden here as well sensory garden um and uh, so there's a bit of Beside our reed bed filtration system, so we've got wild flower meadow there and a traditional, traditional Irish apple orchard. So it's all old Irish apple varieties in there, which we harvest and turn into our own Castle SB toffee apple ice cream. So you have to come along and try that. Very good. I thought you were going to say cider. Uh, yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. That's good. Yeah. Good to see that going on. Yeah. Um. So Paul. I wanted to ask you about what what gets you going with the site. Uh, you've obviously got a horticultural background. Um, what does the site mean to you? If you're turning up to work, I imagine you're very happy to turn up the Castle Espy. But just tell us a bit about what your work, what your work means to you. It's quite meditative working here. Um, peaceful. It has its moments. <laughs> you know i've got a job to do there are spreadsheets and there are targets and there's all sorts of things but um if something's nipping your head you can just go out for a walk and it's it is a magical place um castle Espy, the term castle Espy comes is a corruption of the irish for the bishop's castle 
So there is evidence of a fortified dwelling here, which maybe had some ecclesiastical connection. We've got Nendra Monastery down the road, so I don't see why not. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not the first to, 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 to um, tune into to a spiritual element that, that, that there is here, because there is. And um, maybe, maybe it's geological. We've got this small outcrop of pink limestone, but there's something going on here that's, that's very calming for the mind. Um, so yeah, you, you could work in worse places, it is true. I enjoy, I enjoy very much all aspects of the role here and helping out even with different different stuff, um, doing whatever. That's a small team, so so we, we have to. Getting your hands dirty, that's yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's easy. That that that's fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I be a CM, I do that all day. Yeah. Keep a spreadsheet away from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um and you're so looking ahead for Castle SB, is there any grand plans or anything like that, Paul? We um we want to keep on going with our mission to engage people and to engage young people um with nature. And that's what it's about. It's I think Peter Scott said to and cause people to fall in love with it again. And, and that's what we do here is we give them them access and engage them in it. Um, and our education programs are a big part of it. We, we've got schools coming through here all the time. Um, um, and to continue that work here at Castle Espy and um, hopefully um, continue to be valued in the Northern Ireland landscape as the only wetland centre in Northern Ireland. Absolutely. No, that um, yeah, I think that's absolutely great, and I think um, it's so important to inspire that generation, and I think your site is the site to do it, and I think it's um exciting to see what the future holds for. You had to come drop in. Absolutely. You yeah. know what? I, I was actually after Paul. I was after um a mascot for coastal catch-ups, and um, I like belly Brent Goose. I think would be perfect. If you have yeah. any fluffy Brent geese, I'll have a look. We've got a lot of fluffy animals in the shop, but not sure. Yeah, geese, <laughs> you might think. um, yeah, I, I, I need a wee. I think that's if I was to get a mascot, that was that would be the, be the one. So, Paul, um, thanks very much for coming on the coastal catch ups. I would, I, I really enjoyed the insight into the site. Like I said, I'd been there as a kid and I'd been there early last year but it was really interesting to hear what it, what goes into managing the site and in particular I in, in, enjoyed hearing about the mission of inspiring future generations and I I think you're by hearing all the activities going on on the site I think it's uh, I think you're smashing it and um, I just wish you the best of luck and uh, continue on with that mission so um Thank you again. Um, I hope you've enjoyed your time on the podcast. I have. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for asking me. So that chat with Paul Stewart, who's the centre manager at Castle Espy, uh, I really enjoyed. For me, the takeaway was the whole idea of inspiring the next generation um, 
of kids and he touched on uh, all the activities going on with the Quentin Blake gallery and the pond dipping and all the rest of it. So for me it struck home because I remember going around that site as a young kid um, and I remember vividly, like I just remember it so well. Um, the other thing we chatted about was the volunteering opportunities which you, if you were looking to get involved you can on their website. Um, so uh, I didn't actually look at, look at the website here for you. Yeah, so if you go on the website www.t.org.uk, uh, there's a tab that says support us and then volunteer. If you go on the, that tab, you can um, see it. there's a video about signing up and there's uh, another button about searching the volunteer opportunities. So check that out if you're interested. I think volunteering, like I said in the podcast, um, I've fallen out of touch with volunteering since I've started working, but it's something I do want to get back into. There is a feel-good factor to it. Um, it gets you out and about. Uh, you meet new people and you you work towards a, um, a goal with a group of people, which is always really good, and you're giving back to the community. So, um, yeah, check that out if you're interested. And, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed the chat with Paul I certainly did and I am I've arranged to go around to Castle Espy now and have a chat with him face to face um, which would be good because I'm after a mascot for the podcast I want to get a light belly Brent Goose fluffy toy for the podcast so that's my mission and that's why I'm going to Castle Espy so I'll maybe see you there make sure if you've enjoyed the episode to leave a review or if you haven't enjoyed it please leave, leave a review as well um, please share it with anyone you may find um, who you think might find it interesting and like it on whatever platform you're on. It would be really, really appreciated. So thank you. Um, you can also subscribe to our emails to keep up to date with any episodes uh, we release. Um, I'm saying we like there's another person involved, but it's just me at the minute. So um, yeah, but anyway, you can subscribe and keep up to date with episodes as they're released. Thanks again. Marie and the coastal sea, aquatic life, and everything in between. So sit on them, pay and take a seat. Coastal catch ups with the stampede.